0: Welcome to the American Civil War and UK History Channel on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. And if you go on YouTube, make sure and remember to subscribe, log in and press the bell button, because if you don't, you won't get a reminder that there's a new video. And uh, also, eventually, all my episodes will be available as podcasts on all the major podcast sites. But at the moment, I can only upload a certain amount at a time. So they're not always going to be available straight away. So. Today, we have got the pleasure of being joined by Paul, and you will know him as the voice behind the Untold Civil War podcast. So uh, so you have had more than 24,000 downloads in your first year, just over a year. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Now, this is unusual because normally it's you asking the questions. So how are you doing?
1: Yes, yes. The shoe is on the other foot. Um, thank you so much for having me, though. This is great. Um, you know, I've been a great fan of the project so far, so I really appreciate you having me on.
0: No problem. So just tell everyone a little bit about your, your yourself, really, and how you got into what you're doing.
1: Well, um, essentially what ended up happening is, you know, as a kid, my dad, uh, big history buff big military history buff so growing up he was reading to me Grant's personal memoirs you know I was sitting on his lap watching Ken Burns Civil War documentary that sort of thing watching the movie Gettysburg and I think it just took off from there I have an interest in other parts of uh, military history and all military history. But for some reason, the Civil War is what stuck with me. I was always a big fan of Ulysses S. Grant. I've always had an interest in the 69th Brigade. And that really came to uh, fruition when finally uh, I came to New York City to go for uh, university. I was getting my history degree here at St. John's University. And I found out that the 69th New York still lives. And it is currently a New York National Guard unit. And as uh, Joyce Kilmer once said when he was offered a uh, commission, he said he'd rather be a sergeant in the 69th than in any other unit as a lieutenant. So essentially I said the same thing. I, I'd rather be a um, sergeant in the 69th New York than in any other unit in the US Army. So I immediately signed up with the 69th New York. I served uh, six years with them. And it was a great experience. And it really did sort of keep propelling my love for military history, especially the Civil War. And that all culminated in starting this podcast. So that happened. I was inspired by people like Addressing Gettysburg, Um, Battle of Gettysburg podcast, uh, um, um, History Things with Pat, the History Things podcast, Matt Borders, all of these great big names in the Civil War storytelling community, you know, really inspired me to start this podcast. I wanted to do something different. So I did Untold Civil War. And it's really just taken off from there. And it's been great.
0: And that's it. The untold element is 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 the best part about it, because you're concentrating on stuff like you say in your intro that is not covered in your textbooks. And, you know, when you if you was taught it at school, because I don't know whether you get taught it at school anymore in America. But I mean, you know, you don't get much of that in the UK. I mean, not American, but, you know, English Civil War doesn't get taught at all. Right. So, you know, um, so the, the untold element is 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 great. You know, it's so different first episode was about the uh, big war rally in new york's union square so what so is that so how, how did you come about yes to, yes you know starting off with that one say for instance
1: so actually that episode even to this day is the most popular episode And that was just me talking, and I was kind of surprised by that, actually. But one of the things I wanted to point out in my podcast was that there is Civil War history located everywhere. I mean, you look at the Civil War, and you can find Civil War history in New Mexico. You can find Civil War history up in Canada. We've been talking. You can find Civil War history in the UK, right? You can find it anywhere. And so one of the things I wanted to highlight was local Civil War history. And for me, being in New York City, one of those things is the Great Rally at uh, Union Square at the George Washington statue. It was a location that I've passed by several times and never really thought about. And once I did the research on it, I realized that it was a real major part in in inspiring Hiring new york city to enlist and go to the seat of war and that's a big deal because i believe new york city technically well i would say new york state technically provided the most troops for the union army and so there's no doubt that that rally with heroes like major anderson heroes like peter hart one of my big uh heroes personal heroes standing there talking to the masses of new york city inspiring them to go to the seat of war and save the union. So that was a really cool little bit of history I thought was right there in the backyard that people taking the subway, going to work, going out for the night, pass and never think about.
0: No, that's right. And people don't think of New York when they think of the Civil War. So also there's more in there's more happening in New York during a Civil War than just that, isn't there? Because then in 63 you have the draft riots. And that goes on for about a week. Is it so is there any is there yes. any plaques for that or anywhere you can go and visit something in New York
1: for that? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff. One of the main things I would say is you'll walk around New York City and you'll actually notice giant castles. And I mean, they really do look like something you might see in the U.K., And you sort of wonder, what the heck is this? It really looks out of place. Well, these armories were built by the National Guard after the draft riots. Um, They were sponsored by many of the wealthiest of New York City residents. And they had survived the draft riots, never wanted it to happen again. And so they essentially made sure that the National Guard would have these fortifications uh, in order to Better defend New York City if anything like that were to happen again.
0: And I heard a funny story as well that during this uh, one of the riots, that the pub was still still there. Everything else Uh, was burning around, but the Irish pub was still standing.
1: Yes, yes. So that's quite another uh, little area that is a, a great spot of history is the McSorley's Ale House. Uh, McSorley's Ale House is definitely a place that I take all Civil War fans and pretty much anyone who comes to visit New York City. It is a pub that has been around forever. I think it is the oldest um, continuously operating pub in New York City. McSorley's Ale House has, there's a lot of legends. So I would tell people to uh, do the research and, and really dig into the weeds, but there are a lot of legends. One of the legends, is that the pub was a favorite of the men of the 69th New York. And if you go there now, you'll see that over the door, there is the 69th New York crest and a bunch of 69th memorabilia inside. But essentially during the draft riots, when everything was burning down all around where McSorley's Alehouse was, McSorley Alehouse was saved because that was the first place supposedly that the 69th went to defend. Because they did not want their pub to be burned down, and uh, it's still there. It still's got sawdust on the floor, cash only, only two choices, light or dark. That's it. Only serve liverwurst sandwiches, and I think women were only allowed in until the 1960s. Don't quote me on that, but uh, it's got a lot of history. They even have a chair there that supposedly Lincoln stood on to give a speech when he was running for president.
0: Oh, cool. That is so cool. I will definitely be visiting that place when I go. Anyway, one of my favorite episodes you did was one of your first ones and it was with the badge maker because I've got, I don't know why I've got a fascination with core badges and ID tags. So I really loved that. That was really cool. And you did a YouTube video as well, didn't you, where you sort of explained the fake ones and with him and that as well. That was quite good. Yes. Um, so um
1: Joe was a great guy yeah
0: yeah that was great um another uh, um so also yeah so uh, again like i said you know i always wear an id tag i mean id tags not everyone had them did they but i know that some soldiers did actually buy them out of their own money um the other one was the um the camel the camel corps of the confederacy that one was really interesting And uh, tell us a little bit about the camel, if you can remember off the top of your head. I can't remember what his name was
1: now. Well, um, Old Douglas was the name of the the camel. And I actually got to interview Doug Baum. And Baum is a really interesting guy because not only does he know about Old Douglas and the Confederate camel, he raises his own camels out there, I believe in Texas. And... So he really does know camels inside out, and he knows the story inside out. I think one of the interesting things is that there have been many mascots throughout history for military units. Uh, Camel mascot in the Civil War, that is pretty unique, and it did happen. Uh, As far as I know is that the camel uh, belonged to one regiment that was present at Fredericksburg, or excuse me, at Vicksburg. And during the siege, this poor camel was killed. Now, there's a story about a Union sniper, an evil Union sniper who killed the camel, and the uh, Confederate troops retaliated and made sure to kill that sniper. Doug Baum has shared with me that there's some speculation on that. It's a great story. But in the starving Vicksburg trenches, I'm sure a mascot like the camel may have been seen like food. And whether or not a Union sniper or a Union bullet or a Confederate bullet killed the poor camel, we do know it's in the records that the camel was served up as dinner. So, oh, yeah, very sad end for old Douglas, but still a unique story to very unique. You uh, don't think
0: I also read something a little while ago as well, that um, elephants were offered to the Union Army as well at one point. I'm sure of it. Something like
1: that. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And um, Right, right. Uh, uh, Elephants by the King of Siam, right. That's right, yeah. Anyway,
0: guys, obviously, Paul's not going to tell you everything that happens because you've got to go and listen to the podcast to find out. So go and listen. Anyway, so Paul, out of all the podcasts you've done, I mean, you've done quite a lot, which is, which are a couple of your favorites?
1: Uh, favorite episodes? Yeah. Oh, oh, man, they are all really, really great. Um, it would be hard to pick a favorite, to be honest with you, um, because most of the stories that I have on the podcast are stories that I've personally found And I end up doing the research and finding, you know, that one guy who is the expert (laughs) on this unique topic, you know? And so really I I have a personal connection to all of them because I've done the personal research to find the guy, to find the story. Some of the ones that, you know, stand out to me uh, off the top of my head, I would say I really thought the Hunley one went well. That one was really great uh, talking about the Hunley and, ultimately, what could have happened to the crew, which is a big mystery. And I'm a big fan of mysteries, So that was a really fun one to do. Some other ones would be the most recent one, which I thought was really uh, well done, was the plot to burn New York, burn down New York City, which was really fun. And I did that with History Boy, of uh, uh, who's also got a YouTube channel, uh, which is a great YouTube channel. It's got over that was fun as well um interestingly enough i did the i released i should say the first defenders episode uh in uh january of uh this year and it was a pure coincidence i assure you that i released it early in january of this year and it talked about the soldiers who actually slept in the capitol building When they first came to save washington and then sure enough national guardsmen were sleeping under that very plaque later in the month total coincidence but that was just a neat coincidence that i had just by airing that episode at when i aired it
0: yeah that was but
1: i had been talking about doing an episode on that for a while i actually recorded it the year previously so
0: okay that's really good mate um, and of anyway. course, I
1: really like my whiskey tastings. Yeah, those are, I was going to bring that up. The, the whiskey drunk? tastings are always a good time. Did you get drunk? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, pro- probably held my own on camera. And then, you know, later on, yeah, maybe yeah, it got yeah. a little loose. <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> those yeah. are always a good time.
0: There's a YouTube video for that one as well, isn't there? For people that want to go and watch uh, Paul's YouTube channel go and find it it's on youtube so um anyway right uh, right so, sorry carry on
1: no no uh just in about the youtube is what i usually do i try to keep them separate i know some people will release the podcast episode on the youtube and and vice versa um just the way i look at it i look at what is What topic is good for the audio medium? And that usually goes towards my podcast. If I have something that is good for a visual medium, good for YouTube, I'll release that separately. Some of my subjects do connect, um, but I try to keep it separate. So I do have a whiskey tasting on my YouTube channel where I actually sit down and I taste three Civil War themed whiskeys and talk about Civil War stories which is a lot of fun. But then on the audio portion on the pot itself, I have an interview with the guys who actually produced one of the whiskeys. So in this case, it was the Fighting Six Ninth whiskey, great whiskey, money goes to support the unit. So definitely recommend it. Um, and I have another one coming up. I already have the whiskeys picked out for the video. And I've also already gotten stillers of one of those whiskeys for the audio portion.
0: Oh, cool. And I was listening to something you was talking about 69 when I was listening to one of your podcasts where they were saying about a cocktail that the Irish or that regiment like to uh, invented or something with champagne, yes. was it?
1: Yes, champagne and uh, whiskey. And uh, well, technically, I think it was originally they were trying to get the uh, whiskey and Vichy water which we're still not sure what that could have been. I've heard rumors that it was probably closer to seltzer, something sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing the young private could find for uh, Colonel Mar or General Mar was the champagne. And it was a hit and we'll drink it in the unit.
0: There you go. OK, also. So when I first um, started talking to Paul, um, he sent me a photograph and I'm going to bring that up now. And uh, if this works. here it is. So this is the U.S. Civil War veterans um, in 1917, and I'm going to explain the story. So it's a bit of a mystery that we've been trying to work out for some time. And uh, this is a picture of, like I've just said, the London US uh, um, Civil War veterans, which was taken in London in 1917 as US troops march off to World War I. And I must just add, all of those brave young men would have left from Folkestone Harbour, which is where I live at the moment, which is literally 10 minutes from my house. So literally 8 million men left from that harbour. So I would imagine a lot of those American brave souls left from there. Um, So that's quite cool. So the man we're talking about is the Sikh man. Now, it was a little bit of a mystery. So and he's also, by the looks of it, wearing a Medal of Honor. Um, And uh, so anyway, on Saturday night, I was chatting to uh, a very good friend of mine known as Mrs Boss she's the captain's wife ray barwick uh, reenacting from my reenactment team regiment the 4th us infantry and she and sent her the photograph i woke up the next day and she had found out some information i mean all i can think is that i wasn't using the correct word in, in the search bar so i'm going to share this information with you paul because obviously you've been asking about it for some time and hopefully we can because also I have found a guy that yes. wants to know a little bit more about it, but I have contacted him, but he hasn't contacted me back. And of course as well, if anybody out there in the in the wide world knows a bit more about this, then please contact either me or Paul, because, you know, I'm sure Paul would like to do a podcast about it one day as well, because it's quite interesting.
1: Oh, so, absolutely.
0: So this is the story. There were at least a hundred South Asians in the union army. Many come from Punjab, Delhi, Calcutta, Burma, Bombay. Some were Sikh. One was adopted from Maharaja in India and brought to England, then to Canada. These youths joined the Union Army, a few in the Confederate Army. At least one Indian was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor by President Lincoln. Many of these young men joined the US Navy because colored men were accepted in the Navy after 1863. They would have also joined obviously other color regiments. They changed their names to sound Hispanic or Anglo. None of them use their original names. So the picture shows an elderly gentleman of 60 or 70 years old, I would say. I mean, he can't be exact, Sikh. Um, he probably would have been 18 or 20ish in 1862, 63. Again, like I said, the picture was taken as these soldiers march off to France. Um, this was found out by my friend, like I've just said, this is the only mention of this photo on the London branch of American Civil War veterans site, and uh, this is where I got William Skillard's name from. So we believe that his name is William Skillard, and he changed his name. And again, I don't know what the guy's original name is, because I haven't got it here but they normally adapted their name to whatever their original name was and just changed it around a bit, I think. So, yeah, it's really interesting. And I think hopefully we've sort of like solved some of the mystery, but not all of it. More research is obviously needed and uh, hopefully, you know, we can find out. We do know that the guy that received the medal of honor was the fourth U S cavalry, cavalry troopers. So If anyone knows about the 4th U.S. Cavalry troopers, please get in contact with me or Paul. Um, So, yeah, that's that's all I've got really to say about it, really. Um, What are your thoughts on that, Paul?
1: That that is fantastic. First of all, I didn't know that much about um, South Asians serving in the Civil War at all, period. So hearing those numbers already is surprising to me. Um, the fact that we can sort of narrow down to a name is also amazing to me because I have talked to Ben Frail about this, who is, uh, with the Sons of Union veterans, the, uh, uh, the national Sons of Union veterans. And we've gone back and forth trying to figure this out. Couldn't do it. So this is a huge breakthrough, I think. And, you know, is that the 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 name? Is that his name right there? Could be, you know, we can only speculate. But I think we're in the right direction here, and this is this is fantastic.
0: Definitely, and again, like I said, because he's got the medal. Well, it looks like a medal of honor. You just can't really. It looks slightly different to what the others are wearing, but you know, I mean, if there's only one being given out, then it narrows it right down. But again, it looks like one right i can't really tell right i don't think you can actually definitely say that that's a medal of honor i mean they wore a lot of medals in them days didn't they that could have been anything but it would make sense it
1: it could have been um they've had they had not only did they have the medal of honor but there were a lot of medals that were made privately yeah Uh, maybe not issued by the federal government but different states had their own medals different units had their own medals on the regimental Level on up. So, you know, is this it? Plus, we had the GAR medals, the Gar medals. So is this a post-war medal? Is this the medal of honor? You know, yeah, we can only speculate. Yeah. But it is clear that he's wearing something on his chest. Could be potentially a medal of honor. There was an Indian who did receive the medal of honor. Uh, so it does align. It could potentially be him.
0: And again, we just like, you know, rely on other people, I suppose. So if anyone knows any information, just, um, you know, message me or Paul. So anyway, um, thanks, thanks for coming to talk to me. I know it's only a short, a short chat. Um, but hopefully uh, one day we can have another chat. Um, but um, Absolutely. Anyway, I want to, want to thank you, Paul, you know, for giving up your time because I know you're quite a busy guy at the moment and, uh, so i just want to say if you'd like to listen to paul's podcasts then please go and find him so he's easy to find he's on all the major podcast sites you can imagine and uh, i will leave all the links below on this description of the video Um, i highly recommend it it's really good and again Like Paul said, he does slightly different stuff on YouTube to what he does on his podcast, Um, but his podcasts are amazing. And you are what got me back into the Civil War in a way, Paul. So I want to thank you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. I'm very glad about that. And I'm glad that it's inspired you to do this project because I really do enjoy what you're doing and I can't wait to see more.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Anyway, so thank you very much, young man. See you soon.
1: Have a good one. Thank you.